took a job online working for autocorrect, and then I got fired. Seriously, they fired me for no reason. Welcome to Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Hi there. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. I, uh, it's an interesting, June is always a, a, an emotional month for me. There are a couple of those during the year. June happens to be one of them. Um, it's Father's Day month. It's, in fact, today, as I record this, today is my father's birthday. He would have been 86, except for pancreatic cancer. And, uh, you know, that, that story is played out. I've, I've told you about that. I believe we've, we've talked that one over. Um, so I honor my father today and the, the endless amount of lessons that he taught me uh, as I was growing up. <clears throat> I miss him a lot. There's, there's things that happen every day that I'd love to talk to him about, see what his opinion is um, as, uh, as life progresses and, you know, having grandchildren, especially ones that are far away that I, I, I don't... Uh, sadly don't get enough time with. Um, maybe that's going to change, though, in the near future. I might uh, uh, might have an inlet on a, on a way to visit more often, and I would certainly love to do that. But welcome to the show. Welcome to the program. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been interesting. Yesterday, <clears throat> while having breakfast, uh, I broke one of my teeth in half, uh, just biting into a piece of bacon. It just, I heard a crack, and I felt something odd in my mouth, and I spat it out, and it looks like a tooth, and then uh, I felt uh, where it had broken off at. Um, yeah, it's 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 bad. It's uh, yeah, it's kind of it's not one of the front ones, but it's the incisor, one of the incisors beside the front ones, and it uh, well, it looks like a broken tooth, and. Um, as someone who works uh, live, live theater, this this may be uh, this might be an issue. Sad part is, um, I don't have a way of getting it fixed or repaired right now uh, monetarily because of one issue or another. I just I don't have uh, I don't have the funds. Don't have a way to take care of it. So I have a little. I have some painkiller, and uh, we will uh, we will see what happens. We'll see where that goes, and uh, both both aesthetically and um, and pain wise, it's not the worst thing in the world, um, but it's it's certainly noticeable. It's a, it's a bit of an obstacle, but it's what life is about, right? Is the obstacles and uh, and getting through them or getting around them, and um, so for right now we ride it out and uh, do our best to uh, to not complain too much and to be grateful for all the other things that there are to be grateful for. Interesting story. <clears throat> Last night at the, uh, at the seance program, there, were, uh, there was a, a couple in their early 60s. They had been married for quite some time, uh, 35, nearly 40 years, I think. And they were taking a second honeymoon. <clears throat> they were going around to the, uh, to the mountain states, to Arizona and Wyoming and, uh, of course, Colorado. 
and walking some trails and seeing some sights and reliving some fun things. And they had the Stanley Hotel on their list of, of places they wanted to visit, you know, because of the movie and the reputation and everything else. And they saw the poster for my uh, for my program and bought tickets to come and see. And they had had a good time. We had a, we had a really good uh, a really good session. Uh, but right before we got started, the the lady was telling us. Uh, about their trip and the things they were going to see and the things they had already seen. And right in the middle of that, she said, oh, and tomorrow's going to be a very special day. We're going to go to a sex party. And the room got very quiet. And I said, I, I may have misheard you. What, what did you just say you're doing tomorrow? And she said, we're going to a sex party. We have some friends, and they have some friends that are coming over, and we're going to a sex party. And, you know, you could have heard a pin drop. I mean, that's the cliche stands true. You could have heard a pin drop. We were all staring at her. And her husband uh, was red in the face and shaking his head. And he, he turned to her and said, it's called a gender reveal party. We are going to find out what gender our friend's uh, grandson or grand grandchild is going to be. It's not a sex party. It's a gender reveal party. And that was one of the funniest things I think I've heard in uh, spontaneously in I don't know how long. And she went, oh, oh, yeah, right, right, gender reveal party. And, and she still had no clue as to... Uh, what she had implied. Hilarious. Just, just absolutely hilarious. So maybe a story, huh? How about this one? When I was six years old, my mom decided that a young gentleman ought to know how to dance. It gives you poise. It gives you balance. You might... uh, you might make some new friends, you know, and uh, and it'll give you, you know, give you an outlet for all this energy that you have. So, <clears throat> so I was signed up into a class. Um, five boys, five girls. We were all five or six years old. All very, you know, we were the we were the uh, uh, the beginners. The you know the people that had just started. And as I recall, the class went all the way up to, um, I'm guessing, older teenagers, maybe college age years. I do remember there was one girl who did a solo dance, and she, I mean, you know, to a six-year-old, uh, 16, 17-year-old looks looks grown up. But I, I remember she was grown up, and she wore this, uh, this silk leotard and silk dress, and she... Uh, very interpretive kind of dance with, with fancy lights and everything. It's, it's, it's vague in my memory, but I do recall it being there. But anyway, we got fancy shoes and we got fancy costumes and there was a, a set of tap shoes because one of the classes I took was tap and, you know, and jazz and some other things. And I, I don't recall all the details, but I do remember it being a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And... You know, we rehearsed in front of mirrors, and we rehearsed up on a stage in front of an empty theater, and then then we had a, a recital. Uh, I still have the program. 
among pictures and papers and things that I keep. And if you, uh, if you look at the film, if you look at the video of this, uh, of this recital, <laughs> you will see nine little boys and girls lined up along the curtain. The music is playing and they are staring at their feet and they are trying to remember the moves and some of them are trying not to cry and and there's a there's a theater full of people and there's a spotlight you know on the on the whole little line and these nine little boys and girls are trying not to die of stage fright and there's one kid one kid who's not standing in the line staring at his feet trying to keep up with the music, trying not to die off stage right. No, no. This little kid in a purple purple pants with a yellow button down and tap shoes. Up at the front of the stage, making up his own moves, singing out loud with the music, which he had been told several times not to do drawing all the attention in the room to himself. Nothing has really changed. (laughs) I just, man, the curtain opened and I saw all those people and all I wanted to do was make them laugh. And so I, I hung out in the line a little bit and I remember looking left and looking right And watching my co-dancers doing their thing. And I just remember thinking, wow, y'all don't seem to be having as much fun as I am. And I looked out in the audience and I saw my dad. I saw my mom. I saw my grandparents. And... uh, And I just wanted to make them smile. I just wanted to show them uh, that it was me up there. I didn't want to get lost in the line, you know. Six years old and my ego was already that big. So I walked up to the front of the stage. I danced, I guess I danced up to the front of the stage. And I just started grooving with the music that was playing. And I remember my father looking horrified, like, oh my God, what's this kid doing? His jaw dropped open. But then my mama laughed, and she clapped her hands, and she pointed, and she looked around at the people that were sitting around her and said, you know, I could see her pointing at me and and laughing and smiling. And I never wanted to do anything else. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to share what I was feeling with an audience. And for the rest of my life, that's exactly what I did. Now, I have been an actor. I have been a singer. I have been in plays and musicals, and I've been in a couple of movies. I fronted a rock band for a little while. I pretended to play keyboard for a rock band for a little while. I was a stand-up comedian 
was a magician, like a worldwide traveling, doing card tricks magician, with a handful of paper, making a living, supporting my family. Supporting my family, paying the bills for my family, making sure they had the best of what I could give them, but not being present. Because I was out being me. (laughs) And paying the bills and making sure, you know. Um, I've been a minister. I have been a... uh, a writer for, for children's programs for a worldwide international children's entertainment company. Most of all, I've been a storyteller. I catalog the things in my life. I, I keep track of my experiences and I tell the story. And the story's the thing. You tell my tale long enough, I might live forever. You stop telling someone's story, and that's when they're truly gone. But uh, if you have a story to tell about me, if I have entertained you at a show, made you smile, made you cry, because of a story that I told you, that that becomes a story in itself. And if you tell a story about me, if you talk about me to friends or family, and whether you love me or you don't love me so much, but you tell that story, I'd like for you to remember that it's not something that I did for you. It's not, not not so much a, I gave you a show, though I did. I would like for you to remember it as something that we did together. You encourage me, you lift me, you inspire me, you give me stories of your own. And I sow those stories like Johnny Appleseed. And I hope that the fruit that comes from my plantings is good and sound and healthy. But the stories are things we did together. You play a picture in your mind of what you think I mean and when I tell my stories and you become a part of it and I am very, very grateful for you. That's it. You and me, all of us, not us versus them. It is us and us. And the story's the thing. I hope there's love where you are. Exactly where this road is taking me I know that I'm exactly right Where I'm supposed to be The journey is long Full of joy and pain But as long as you're smiling I'll stay got nothing left to give other than love but the funny thing about that is love is everything 
love. 